The Productive Woman, Episode 131. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. I am so glad you've joined me for this episode. I'm going to be sharing with you my conversation with author, wife, and mom, Maria Dismondi. You'll find more information about Maria, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 131. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, which is an excellent online accounting software that I personally have been using for several months. They have an all-new platform that makes what they offer even better than it was before. And they're offering you, as a Productive Woman listener, a free 30-day all-access trial so you can find out for yourself how helpful and how usable it is. Those of you who are freelancers or running a small business or you know a solopreneur of whatever kind, you owe it to yourselves to check it out, which you can do by visiting freshbooks.com slash woman. The all new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features that let you do things like set up and send customized professional looking invoices in seconds. And you, I mean, you can do this from your phone. You can accept online payments from your customers. It's very simple for them. They receive an email with the invoice and they can click a button on there and pay you right away, just online. FreshBooks also allows you to track the delivery and the payment of your invoices from the simple and helpful and informative dashboard. And you can also track your time and expenses either on the computer or right there on your smartphone. It's simply a great tool for managing the finances for your business. As I said, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to Productive Woman listeners. So to claim it, to check it out for yourself, just go to freshbooks.com woman and be sure to enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Let me know what you think. And now let's get right into my conversation with Maria Dismondi. I am so excited to introduce Maria Dismondi to the Productive Woman listeners. Maria is a wife, a mom, and an award-winning author of children's books. She is basically just a busy woman like the rest of us, so I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she gets it all done. So welcome, Maria. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I'm just uh, delighted that you were able to make the time to talk with us. Um, we're going to get into sort of the some of the how you get things done and the various things you're doing. But would you start by telling us a little bit more about you know who you are, where you are, what you do, whatever you think would be uh, of interest for us to know about you? Absolutely. So I graduated from Michigan State University with a degree in education. And then I went on to get my master's in curriculum and research. And I taught for over a decade in the classroom. And the last two years of teaching, I was working as a reading specialist part-time because we had just had our first child. And I wrote a book around that time, right before our, our daughter was born. And I started looking at the numbers and I started seeing that 
I could really bring in more of an income writing these books and and creating a speaking, like a speaking career um, versus like full-time teaching. And I was really getting drained out as a teacher. I loved my job working with the kids, but you know, to put a hundred percent into what you do as a teacher, it really felt like it was taking away from my job and my role as a mother. Like I just wasn't able to really balance those two. So I resigned from teaching in 2011 when my second book came out. And we had our second daughter and I started working on building my business, building my brand. And now it is 2017 and we have three children and I have, you know, surpassed a full-time teaching salary and am working very part-time now and bringing in an income and loving, loving what I am doing. So it's, it's a really neat story because when I told some family members about my plans, People were a little hesitant about my dream, and it's just really neat to see that it came to fruition. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I would imagine that a lot of people will say, well, teaching is a nice, stable job. Why would you want to give that up to go write books? Yes, and give up your house health insurance, which, you know, we, in Michigan, we get really good health insurance as teachers. There was a lot of things. There was risk involved. My husband's job was, um, he was unemployed when I first resigned and then we were, we were building a house and then he got a job that was commission only. So his job wasn't very stable, but you know what I like to tell people is he believed in my purpose and he believed in what I wanted to do. And, it really helps when you have someone believe in you. And that really made a difference in my motivation. It really does. Now, how old are your children? They are three, five, and seven. Oh, great ages. And you write children's books. Tell us briefly, that's a broad spectrum. So tell us a little bit about what you write. Yes. Yeah, so I write children's picture books and they're all realistic fiction. So you won't find any dancing dinosaurs or singing fish in my stories. Um, when a child opens up one of my books, they should be able to see themselves within the pages, um, children of color, different family backgrounds. Um, and then they're empowering messages. They're all silly stories, but they teach an important message. So my goal is for children to walk away and say, whoa, if something like that happens to me at school, I think I could try some of the things that character did. Because I really want children to have tools. I mean, you see in the media right now with bullying and just the access that children have to social media and what it's really doing to our society. I want children to feel empowered to be able to handle situations while they're away from their parents at school for eight hours a day. Um, and to be able to raise children who have character, children who are leaders, and problem solvers. And I mean, you're hearing stories now that Laura, we're, we're hearing stories about, um, you know, like college students who are writing home to their family members and saying, Oh mom, um, how do I write a check? And, um, how do I go to the bank and get a money order? And like these crazy stories of kids who are relying on their parents. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I don't want this to be my children's future. I want them to feel like they're leaders and like they can, you know, rule the world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's a, a great objective to have as a, a parent to, to get them to the point to where they can go out into the world and thrive and not, not rely on you. And then you can just enjoy mm -hmm. being their parent. 
And that's yes. so awesome. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about your writing and, and so on later. But as we get it, you know, this is called The Productive Woman. And as anybody who listens to this show knows, productivity for me, for us, is not just about checking lots of things off the to-do list. But we all have things that need to get done. Whatever those things are, the commitments we've made, what's important to us to get those things done. You have various roles that you are in as a a wife, a mom, a writer, an entrepreneur. And so there's plenty of things that you need to get done. And we're going to talk a little bit about the ways you do that. But it's always helpful to have a little bit of context for those kinds of things. So if you could briefly tell us, maybe if there is such a thing, what would a typical day be like for you? I love that you said, if there is such a thing, because (laughs) that is very true. Yeah, absolutely. So I wake up early and, um, early is either five or six o'clock in the morning and actually six o'clock feels like I'm sleeping in, which is great. So I have two objectives when I wake up that early, um, which is seven days a week. The first objective is I either work on my business and, um, then I might take a different path. And the second objective would be to exercise. So I have been teaching fitness on the side for 20 years. And so a couple mornings a week, I teach fitness at 5, 15 AM. So on those days, I'm not getting my typical work in. So both are very important to me. So if I wake up at five thirty, six o'clock, I can usually get two hours, um, maybe an hour and a half of work done. And I am so fresh at that time of more in, of time of day. I have a cup of coffee. The house is super quiet, and I have my list of what I need to my top three of what I need to do from the night before. I always have that list ready before you know going to bed. And that is what I work on. I do not check emails first thing in the morning until those things are completed. So I love that time of day. And there have been a few times where I forget forget to set the alarm and I'll wake up at 730 and I'm like, oh, I missed my work time. That was, oh. So, and then um, and then the house wakes up and it's go time. I The three children are usually awake by 730 and we're doing breakfast and getting two of them off to school and another one is home with me. So when I have speaking engagements, I'm thankful to have my mother. She watches our children when I'm away for speaking engagements locally here. And otherwise, it's it's me home with my little guy. And, you know, we have activities during the day and um, we pick my daughter up from school at noon and we eat lunch together. And then it's quiet time in our house, which the, the two little ones usually still nap, um, but regardless, if they're not tired, everyone has an hour of quiet time. And if they nap, it's usually about two, two to two and a half hours. And so I will um, schedule calls in the afternoon with clients. I might um, schedule something like this because I know for at least an hour is quiet and the children are doing what they're doing, playing quietly in their rooms. And, you know, I can get work done at that time. And then the children wake up and I usually include the children in my meal prep. So I'll make like I'll prep dinner and get dinner started and they're helping me do that. And then we get another child off the bus stop. And um, then that time between like 4.30 when we get her from the bus till the time my husband comes home at 6.30, that's like playtime and um, again, like homework time and finishing up dinner time. And then my husband comes home and the kids are usually in bed latest at eight o'clock. 
and I'm typically reading a book at night. Um, we don't watch a lot of television. I wish I wish there were shows that I enjoyed because I feel like it's really relaxing to watch television, but um, I'm just not finding anything I enjoy right now. So a lot of reading at night and hanging out with my husband, and then I usually go to bed at 10 o'clock. So it sounds like a pretty full day. It's it's interesting what you were saying. Uh, I was smiling when you were talking about the your little ones having that quiet time in the afternoon. My family will tell you that from the time I had my first child, we have had a rule in our house um, that continues through to to today that after lunch, everybody shorter than me takes a nap. <laughs> and I'm, I'm five foot three and a half ish. So, um, when, even when we were all home before I went to law school and I was homeschooling the kids, uh, they all, everybody had to lie down for a while after lunch. And I, as they got older, I told them, you don't have to sleep, but you have to be silent and, you know, you can read or whatever as they got older. Almost always they would take a nap, though, because they, you know, they were up early and active and needed the rest. And that was my quiet time. Sometimes I'd take a nap, but sometimes I'd get, you know, personal projects done or, or, or whatever. Uh, but I still do that with my grandchildren. And when I watch other people's kids or whatever, that's just the rule in our house that after, after lunch, everybody shorter than mom takes a nap. So. It is so healthy and it is so rewarding to everyone. And, you know, my daughter who goes to school, she's at school from 830 until like 430. So her quiet time on the weekends, um, she absolutely loves it. She plays with her Barbies. She builds Legos. I mean, she doesn't have a lot of time during the week to do those things anymore because they're at school so long. And I will admit that in the summertime, I often nap with my youngest because I don't, there's something about summer. I feel like, you know, we're, we're a lot more active and swimming and doing things. And I'm exhausted by the time one o'clock comes yeah. around. It can make a huge difference in how everybody gets along kind of during the late afternoon, uh, what they used to call the arsenic hour, kind of between four and six when, when you're, everybody's <laughs> kind of hungry and, and, and crabby. And if they haven't had any rest and I, the, the, theory back back in the day when my kids were little, it was called the arsenic hour because you thought of either taking some yourself or giving it to everybody else in the house because everybody was just crabby. And, yes, and having that yes. quiet rest time sure makes a difference. Um, it really does. It does. And then, you know, my son usually naps longer than my daughter and it gives me time to play a game. We have like 20 minutes, just her and I to play a game together. And she's our middle child. And it just allows for um, a lot of quiet and slow in our very, very busy world. Yeah, I agree. So thanks for sharing that with us. One of the things I love to ask, you know, every, every person's life is a little different, presents different challenges as far as staying productive, getting those things done that really matter. You sound like you have a real system in place and, a, and are pretty organized, but what would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your life? I mean, for some people, it's managing their time or their calendar. For some, it's managing their space. A lot of us, it's saying no. What, what would you say are your biggest challenges in that front? I would say my biggest challenge is keeping boundaries mm. within um, work and then within my home life. Because what happens you know, I'm very dedicated to being with my children um, until they're in school full time. That's really important to me. You know, I have about 75 half day speaking engagements a year, so I'm really not gone that much. 
Um, and so when I am here, I want to be here. I don't want to be working, you know, between those, I love the hours between like nine and noon. There's a lot of play. There's a lot of fun that's had over here. And so I I have to keep my boundaries and really say, you know, no, I'm not available to take calls at that time. And, and unless it's really important. And so really keeping those boundaries, I have to say no a lot. And, you know, I've had people say to me, if this is how successful you have become working very part time, like, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week, what would happen if you were working full time? What if you like kicked it up a notch? And I'm like, nope, I'm not there yet. Like my son is still three and I know I'm not going to get this time back. And so that to me is really challenging because um, I love my work. And um, I like I told you, I'm sad if I accidentally sleep in and I miss that work time because I do love what, I, in, what I'm doing. So it's hard to kind of keep those, those boundaries and remind myself like you are dedicated to your children now you will have like eight hour work days at some point in your life again. And it's going to be crazy. <laughs> um, so that's, that's huge for me. That that's a big one is the boundaries. And so how do you, how have you managed to, to do that? What do you, knowing that that's a challenge for you and it's something that's important to you, how do you make it happen? Um, that's a great question that, how do I make it happen? Um, I have support from my husband and my family. So they help remind me if I'm in a tizzy and I'm very overwhelmed and stressed, you know, they'll remind me that they're there for me. And if I need a Saturday and I need like a four hour chunk of time to get work done because it's just not happening during the week, they're there for me to go, you know, watch the kids while I take care of that. So I think really having the support of my family and my husband will remind me, like, remember what, what is important to you? What are, what are the values that you want to uphold here? And, um, so yeah, he's, he's super supportive. I think that helps too. And just really being in tune with what is important. I met with a business coach over a year ago and she reminded me to ask the question, what brings you joy? And so when I'm sitting down and I'm working, if it's not something that brings me joy and it's something that I can outsource for the last about 18 months, I've been outsourcing a lot of my work. I have a, an assistant here in town. I have a virtual assistant. Um, I've added a lot of members to my team now that, and that has helped me to, to keep those boundaries. So relying on the support of my family and relying on the support of my team as well. Yeah, that's such an important thing. And and I think a lot of us as women struggle with that uh, willingness to outsource things, willingness to say, uh, I'll ask for help here. And, and this piece of my life, or this piece of my business or whatever, to to feel okay about saying, you know, this needs to get done. But I don't love doing it. And there's no reason I have to be the one to do it and to be okay with then finding someone to delegate that to, whether it's somebody you hire or whatever, to create that space in your life, to focus your time and your energy and your attention on the parts of it that only you can do, whether it's for your business or in the home, nobody but you can be a mom to those three kids. Yes. Yes. And a couple, couple things I've outsourced that have made a really big difference. When we had our third child, I, he was about two weeks old and I kind of just broke down and I said, I, I don't think I can keep the house clean. Like I can't do all of this. So we hired um, a housekeeper that comes every other week and that was really great. And she's been with us since he was born. 
And something that I outsourced in my business, for example, I just did this this week. I was looking at my marketing calendar and my writing calendar for the blog. And I like to create these virtual or these video blogs. So I usually spend about two hours editing everything. So I'll create very short videos and then the all, you know, putting the intro and the outro on the videos. And it takes me about two hours. Well, I went on Fiverr and I found someone to do it and it turned, he's already finished with it. it. And it's beautiful. It is so professional and it was less than a hundred dollars. And I mean, that is worth, worth it to me versus two hours of my time. So yeah, that was, it's, it's great. And you know, I think too, if you would have asked me to be outsourcing five years ago in my business, I wasn't in the right mindset and I wanted all the control. I wanted to, to do it myself, but that to me looking now, that's not productive. It really isn't. No. Well, and that's, you know, it really comes down to, as you were saying, thinking about what, what you value most and, and then looking at your schedule and the things that need to get done and figuring out what, what needs my personal touch and what does not. And for a lot of us, I I know for me, it's very hard for me to let go of things, whether it's at home or at the office at my law practice, because I like certain things done a certain way. And I don't like to ask somebody else to do it my particular nitpicky way. And so I, I find myself thinking, you know, it's just quicker. I'll just do it myself, but that's short-sighted. Yes, it really is. Now, Laura, I do want to add one thing because people often say, well, how do you, how are you running this business on three hours a day of work? So I do want to add I, I want to make sure that I'm very transparent and honest here. So my husband is in commercial real estate and he oftentimes has to, you know, take clients to the airport, pick them up, entertain clients. So he's gone probably once a week, at least once a week, maybe twice a week in the evenings. So I'll put the kids to bed on those evenings and that's like go time. And I can get a nice chunk of like three to four hours in, in the evening, I go to bed a little bit later, but like I will put a big chunk of working time when he is gone in the evenings. Um, you know, if things are building up and I, and I need that extra time, I, uh, I like to do it when he's away. So. Well, that makes perfect sense. In managing all these things, are there any particular tools you like or resources you recommend for managing your time and keeping track of all the things, the projects and tasks and different things that you have going on? Yeah. So personally, for my family, I use my smartphone to set reminders. So there will be simple things that I just I can't remember. For example, I, it drives me nuts when my children's nails are long and there's nothing like dirty fingernails. I just think it's gross. So I have a reminder every Sunday night in my phone that pops up to cut their nails. (laughs) I have a reminder every day for vitamins. So we're all taking our vitamins. So I have these reminders that pop up in my phone for a lot of like personal items. And then, um, I use a program called Asana and that's to manage my team And everything is done within the platform Asana and you can set deadlines. So for example, with my accountant, if she's creating a report for me, I'll create a task that, you know, this is the date that I need the report by and she'll attach the report right within the platform. So I'm no longer having to go through 30 different emails like, oh, where did she attach it? Which one was it? And then having to save those emails into folders, everything is within this platform. And I'm really enjoying that. It's made things very easy and productive for managing a team. Another 
um, system I enjoy is it's an app called Forest. And what this app does is you can set it on your phone or your computer and you can say, I'm going to have a 45 minute block of time where I'm going to stay focused and I'm going to create, you know, get this task done. And so it will, I set it on my phone if I'm working on my computer too, because I have such a habit of just like, oh, I'm going to check my phone and then I get distracted. So if you check your phone within those 45 minutes, it reminds you and it has these little positive sayings like, do you really want to break your focus? Get back to what you were doing. And there's this little, (laughs) I know, it's pretty funny. And then there's this tree that grows and you earn points every time you you, um, complete your, you know, focus times. And what happens when you earn enough points is they really do use um, that those those points to to build forests in America. <laughs> like they will plant trees. So I can't tell you. I, I've maybe I've planted like three trees so far since I've been using it. But it's kind of neat because you're like, I'm really doing something. I'm planting trees and I'm staying focused. So it's the, kind of silly. So the company. So the incentive that the company is offering is you're doing public good, not only getting your work done, but if you complete your objective, the company actually puts money into planting trees. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I'm going to have to check that out. (laughs) So it's called forest, like a forest where trees are. Yes. Okay. And um, then my planner, Laura, I have gone through so many different planners over the years and I have found one I love. I have found one that I enjoy. Um, it's called the Day Designer. And what I love about it is there's a space for gratitude every day. So it reminds me to take a few minutes and to think about what I'm grateful for. Um, there's a quote, a positive quote every day. There is a section for your top three. And then there is a section for your to-do list and your daily plans. So I love it. I just love the way it's set up. I used to use the bigger model and now I'm using the smaller model so I can throw it in my purse with me whenever I'm out and about. And that helps me stay focused. I have my yearly goals within this planner. You know, I can go back each month and check what's what my monthly goals were and it has calendar in it. And it just, I love it because I look at it in the morning. I look at it in the evening all day long. It's, it's my thing. And that's what really helps me stay grounded with what's important, what I need to do. And if I'm feeling overwhelmed and I have all these ideas of what I want to do, I don't write it on the list for the day. I start looking at my calendar and say, oh, you know, this looks like it's going to be a slow afternoon or Dave is working this evening. I'm going to put it on a list of things to do that evening. And just by putting it on the calendar, it relieves that weight on my shoulders. So that way I can focus on just one day at a time. Yeah, I love it. And we'll I'll have links to all of these resources in the show notes. I've heard a lot of good things about the day designer. And I've, you know, it's it's not one that I've personally tried, but I've talked to a lot of people that really like it. Um, so I it's nice to hear somebody else advocating it as well. So you've got all these plans, these tools that you use, you you know what your priorities are and you're pursuing those things. You have a system in place, but uh, you probably know what's coming. I ask this question of every guest because it's just a favorite question. It's something I learned from every guest, something new. So with all the plans that you make and the tools that you use and the things you know about being productive, 
Do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? (laughs) Yeah. And so what do you do to get back on track? So this happens. Absolutely. And the healthy reaction to a day like that would be to exercise. And, um, I really enjoy being outside. So even, you know, we live here in Michigan and we've had a very mild winter. So it's been so lovely. Um, today we were outside ice skating and it was 40 degrees and we live on a lake and it was, it's frozen over and it was just beautiful. So, you know, I like to be outside. It really fills me up and it just clears my mind. The unhealthy reaction to a day like that, which happens is I want to eat potato chips. (laughs) Yes. I want to eat salt and vinegar potato chips. And, (laughs) you know, I just like, I'm a stress eater. So I have to stop and say, oh my gosh, this is not helping the situation. Um, so yeah. And, you know, as far as exercise, we, we don't have like an exercise room in our home. You know, I I'll go to a gym or I typically just am outside, but you know, we've had negative 20 days here in Michigan and it gets really cold and, And those days I usually like will do a 25 minute exercise video or we have this like very small elliptical that I bought for like $90 and it's really tiny and portable. And so I have a couple options and I honestly, my kids, if I'm having a day like that, I can put a 25 minute video on and exercise and they'll exercise with me or they'll just play around me. And, um, you know, we've created the expectation in the house that, our body and our mind are very important and we need to have exercise and healthy food to, you know, fuel our bodies. So they will do that with me. And, you know, we just, we make that a priority in our home. So if, if, if I am exercising in the middle of the day, which doesn't typically happen, they're okay with it. And the other way I fit in exercise because it really does clear my mind is I do it with my children. So on the days where it's just my son and I, I'll take him on a bike ride And, um, he goes in like a little cart behind me and we can do like a six mile bike ride and we stop at two fire stations along the way. So it's a win-win. He loves fire trucks. So we go to the fire station and I get an exercise and then he also will go running with me and I'll push him in a jogging stroller. It's a four mile run. We run two miles to grandma's house and we'll have a cup of coffee with grandma and then we'll run two miles home. I love it. Yeah, like we I make it so that it's it's good for both of us. Yeah. There's really something to be said for when you have one of those days where the stress is getting the better of you. Exercise really can help. It's not for a lot of us it's not the first thing we think of in a in a situation like that of especially if the stress is coming from too much to do the the thought is I don't have time to go, you know, go for a run or get on the elliptical, but it really does burn off that stress and get help clear your mind and and get your focus back where it needs to be. So it's a a great, great response, a great tool to use in a situation like that. Yes. And I don't always think of it or I sometimes, like you said, where's the time? Where, where can I fit the 20 minutes in? And that's usually when potato chips (laughs) or, or a cup of coffee at five o'clock PM comes in, which isn't healthy for me. <laughs> well, you know, and the, and the fact is for, for all of us, and we all have days like that, sometimes you just do what you need to do to get through the day. And there's, you know, no judgment there. One does what one must. So Maria, what is on the horizon for you? 
What What's coming up that you can share with us uh, that you're doing? Well, I'm really excited because I have a new book coming out next month, actually, and it is called The Jelly Donut Difference, Sharing Kindness with the World. And the book is about a brother and sister who are quarreling and arguing. And what happens is they are able to come to a teamwork agreement. They are able to work together because they start focusing on other people, not just themselves. So they see a neighbor who's really lonely and they decide to do something nice for her. And by working on a project for her, they start getting along and caring about each other and not, you know, bickering so much. So it's nice because it talks about sibling rivalry and then also talks about paying it forward. And I, my books typically have like silly food titles just because Spaghetti and a Hot Dog Bun is my first book and it's my bestseller. It's also a ch- children's musical out of New York. And the book has just caught people's eye with one, the illustration on the cover of the book and two, the title. And spaghetti and a hot dog bun was a, was a something that I ate on a regular basis when I was a kid growing up and I was teased for it. So I've kind of stuck with the theme of my book. So jelly donuts, um, is, you know, in the, in the title of the new one. And so I'll be having a book tour both online, which is virtual. And so what happens there is many different, um, book reviewers and bloggers will be reviewing the book. And then locally I'll be attending like six to eight different bookstores for like readings and signings when the book comes out. Well, that sounds like tons of fun. And I think that'll be coming out right around the time that this episode is published. And so as, as listeners are hearing this episode for the first time, the book should be out or be about to come out. Where can people connect with you online to both to find out about your books and just whatever else you have going on? Yeah, well, my books are sold at major booksellers and they're also on Amazon, which is, you know, really easy for people. And but you can go to like a Barnes and Nobles and you should be able to find like the newer titles. And um, I'm all over online. I'm, I'm all over social media, but my favorite place is on Instagram and on Facebook. That's kind of where I hang out with my fans and followers. And I'm Maria Desmondi on Facebook and I'm Maria Desmondi Books on Instagram that's a great place for people to find me. And you know, what's really fun for those families listening is, um, even thinking about giving a child a a book or even a a family member, or you're going to a children's birthday party. A lot of people send me pictures and what they'll do is they'll give a couple jelly donuts to a kid with the book, the jelly donut difference, or they might give like the ingredients to make spaghetti in a hot dog bun for a kid, then they give them the book. And so it, it's really what people have been doing with my books has been really fun. It's, it's neat to see fans and followers sharing that with me. Well, yeah, it sounds great. I will have links to all those places and to your website, mariadismondi.com in the show notes for this episode. You also shared with me a link that I could pass along to listeners for a free workshop that you offer uh, to those who want to learn about self-publishing. So all of that will be in the show notes for this episode and they can connect with you there. Excellent. And, you know, Laura, if I could just share one last thing with listeners, I, I want to thank you for this podcast because I often listen to your podcast as I'm walking early in the morning and I have found so much value in what you talk about and what you share. So I, I would like to thank you for teaching me about productivity as well. Oh, well, thank you. Well, and to that, to that point, I guess then before we wrap up, 
Do you have any last words for the listener who might be, you know, listening to all this and maybe looking for some help in getting the things done that matter to her or him and making a life that matters? Any, any thoughts for that listener? I do. You know, I, I think that having an accountability partner can really transform your productivity. And I've had, I've worked with two different women and we usually do one call. So one woman and I will do a call once a month and we talk about what are our goals for that month. And we kind of ask each other questions to help each other, you know, figure things out and how can I meet that goal? And then we, we check in weekly on email and we have the list of goals and we have to update each other. Like, how's it going? And it's, it's funny because on Sunday nights, I often think, oh, geez, I have to update her on what, what's going on. And I haven't had a very productive week. And so then I'll start looking at my goals. What can I do Monday? What can I do Tuesday to meet these goals? It really keeps me on track. So I think that's, that's been really big in my business. And that's, I think I've been working with people for now two years, maybe going on three years, accountability partners. Um, and I don't think it needs to be someone in the same line of business. Um, actually, I, I find that working, I'm working with someone now, she's a business coach and I've really learned a lot from her cause she's in a different business. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to be in the same, same line of work. And then my second word of advice is to be good to yourself. And you know, balance is really big and we all strive for balance and, and it's, it's not possible to reach every single day. And so if you make a mistake and you fall down, you get back up you forgive yourself and you keep moving on. But dwelling on the bad days doesn't get you any further. Oh, great advice. And I can't think of a better way to end. Thank you so much, Maria, for taking the time to talk with us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I am so thankful to Maria for taking the time to share her thoughts on how she manages her own busy life for her great suggestions and really encouraging words for the rest of us. Be sure to check out her website at mariadismondi.com for more information about what she's doing and her new book, The Jelly Donut Difference. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. If you have questions for Maria or for me, we want to hear those. So there are a number of ways, as always, that you can give me your feedback. You can share your questions or thoughts in the comments section of the show notes, which again, you will find that at theproductivewoman.com slash 131. Or you can post a comment or a question in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group and we'll respond there. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Or you can always leave a voice message on the website or the Facebook page. Just uh, click on the button in either place. I'd appreciate it if you'd consider helping me spread the word. I would love to grow the community this year and get more people involved in those conversations. So there are a lot of ways you can help do that. You can certainly tell a friend. I love it when someone tells me a friend showed them how to subscribe on their phone. So you can do that. You can share an episode using the social sharing buttons that you'll find on the show notes for every episode. Or you can consider, if you haven't already done so, leaving a review in iTunes. There are buttons for doing that in the show notes, or you can just go to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes and do it right there. I want to say a special thank you to a couple of people who've left reviews lately. Vet Fizz from the UK shared a review in iTunes in the UK store 
saying, I came across this podcast by accident and am so glad I did. I'm naturally a fairly organized person, but as with many of the women featured on here, am a busy mom and wife who runs a home and business. I've picked up many tips on becoming more time efficient and, more importantly to me, have realized that it appears I'm not the only one who goes through the stages of life feeling overwhelmed by all there is to do. And VetFiz, as a side note, no, you are not alone. That was the whole reason I, I launched this podcast. So I could find the other women who, like me, feel that way sometimes. VetFiz goes on to say, there was a recent episode that discussed procrastination. I realized that's me and that's what I've been doing by leaving that pile of papers I need to attend to and deciding to do everything else but... It's made me realize it must be fairly normal to do this and has actually given me the shove I needed to get that paperwork started. I'd recommend this podcast to anyone who wants to pick up tips on how to use their time more wisely during their busy life. Also recently, I think this says, I'm loving to coloring from the U.S. shared a five-star review and said... I'm at a pivotal point in my life as an entrepreneur, developing executive leader, and as a mother and wife. I have been listening to this podcast for around six months, and Laura's helped me to bring all of these parts and pieces of my life to a meaningful nucleus. She's insightful, helpful, and actionable. Thank you, Laura. Well, thank you, I'm loving to coloring, and Vet Fizz, both of you. I've really appreciated these reviews. And so I think that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I thank you all for spending this time with me and with Maria. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.